Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and our guest this week is Megan Klaus. Megan, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, and I did pronounce your last name correctly. You did. Did you see me, like, hold my breath a little bit? I did, and then you <laughs> nodded, like, good good job. Um, Megan, you and I have known each other for a little bit because you took a class that I teach, and you would figure that I would know how to pronounce your last name as a result of that. But it was all virtual. Virtual. And, yeah. Yeah. And we have stayed connected through a mutual friend. <laughs> who we're going to mention because it will probably freak her out, and that is Katie Huffam. So you work with Katie. I do. What is it like to work with Katie Huffam? I adore Katie Huffam. Well, she's pretty great. She is. And it's it's not even just as a friend I adore her. Yeah. She is so talented, passionate, and good at what she does. All right. Well, that's great to hear. I only know her in the context of sitting around usually a fire or a bottle of wine or a thing of beer and talking about kids screaming around the neighborhood. So I don't know her like that. Yeah. I know her like we are opening a program. Help me. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) That's the Katie that I know. All right. Well, we can compare notes and get the whole Katie story together. She's going to love us for this. Oh, she's going to absolutely love it. We will play this over some kind of public address system in the neighborhood and get her get her very embarrassed. I love that. Well, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. As you know, on this podcast, we talk about your career path and we talk about your organization and then some of the stuff you're working on. So let's start with the career path question. You went to Homestead High School. Does that mean you grew up in Fort Wayne or did you grow up somewhere else? I grew up in Fort Wayne. I actually live Three minutes from my childhood home. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So Southwest somewhere. Yes. Okay. Yep. So what's that like? I I ask because I moved a thousand miles away from where I grew up and there's good things about that. There's Mm -hmm. bad things about that. What is it like living three miles from where you grew up? Well, there's good things and bad things about it. (laughs) Yeah. These are the highlights. Um, So I really, I love the area. I grew up in a family of five. So like we're super close. My whole family, we're obsessed with each other, for lack of better terms. Are the, are, is everyone still here? No. Oh, okay. No. So we're we're a little spread out. I have a sister who's still in college, so mm-hmm. she's nearby. Okay. But North Carolina, Indy area, Got et cetera, it. et cetera. Got but it. anyways, so I love Fort Wayne because I'm comfortable here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be completely honest. Yep. I am a creature of habit, yep. and I, for lack of better terms, really love the consistency the mm-hmm. you're not i mean you'll see some crazy things before sure. Wayne. let's be honest yeah but um no i just it's a great place to live as an adult and it was a great place to live as a kid i had great experiences in the school system that i went to obviously i went to homestead yep. and then i did a short stint at ball state but then i wanted mm-hmm. to come back yep. i it's the best little city you'll ever live in but it's not little yeah well, it's my my experience has been growing up in a much larger city or near a much larger city. I just really like the size of it. Mm-hmm. Enough stuff to have fun and to meet interesting people and enough variety and diversity, but really easy to get around. And yes. a, an easy life and you can find challenges where you want them. Absolutely. Well, we joke. My dad's from New York, so yeah. we go to New York 
often. Okay. And I say that you can get 30 minutes and five miles in New York and yeah. you can get 30 minutes to Ohio yeah. <laughs> from yeah, Fort sure. Wayne. For so sure. yeah. it's pretty nice. I what, don't know. What I brought it. your dad or your family? How did they end up in Indiana? So my dad graduated college and his first job he was offered, he's an engineer, okay. was at Depew, so ah, Warsaw. Okay. Yeah. My, my mom, they moved back to Long Island. Okay. And then my mom was like, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> and moved back here. So yeah. okay. don't know how or why that won the discussion. All right. But Fort Wayne, I love it. Yeah. Okay. So you go to Homestead, mm-hmm. you go to Ball State for a little bit, mm-hmm. then you come back and you're at what is then IPFW, correct? Yes, hey, now I was. Purdue University, Fort Wayne, yeah. I was a blue, the IPFW blue and white. Okay, all right. <laughs> so what are you studying in college, and when did you determine that was a potential career path for you? So I was studying media and public communication. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I really liked the idea of public relations. Mm -hmm. I liked the idea of, and I don't want to offend any public relations people by saying this, but like I liked that idea of being the middleman, being the face, Mm -hmm. being the connector of the company organization and the public. I really liked that idea. Didn't know how I was going to make that work, but I liked the idea. Yeah. And so I was at Purdue Fort Wayne. I was doing a couple internships. I really liked my writing classes. Mm-hmm. So I did some like IPFW student media stuff. Social media at the time was like booming, yep. if you will. <laughs> it's yep. not going to age me. But um, Brett Gogger yep. was working at um, the marketing communications department at IPFW. Yep. And he was graduating and he reached out to me and said, hey, they need someone to step into this role. Like, yeah. would you be interested? And I was like, not to fill your shoes. Yeah, yeah that's a pretty high bar. <laughs> not, yeah. not to fill your shoes, but sure, let's do it. Did you work with Sean O'Leary or Danielle Depke when you were there? Yeah, um, I didn't work with Sean. Okay. I worked with Danielle. So Danielle okay. and I went to high school together. Uh-huh. Okay. So yeah, I know Danielle through high school and right. we were in the show choir together. Ah, okay. So we know each other quite well, I would All say. Right. Okay, um, so just for our listeners, Sean yes. O'Leary is an Asher employee. Danielle Depke is his spouse. Yes. So there we go. It all comes together. Ready for this small little town that we live in? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, so you are working in social media while you are a student. What's that like? Because one of the one of the big changes I talk about with students is that you're used to social media being relevant only to your personal life. It's mm-hmm. truly social, and then there's a pivot that happens when it starts to affect your professional life. And for you, not only is it ooh, people are going to be looking at this when they're looking to hire me, but I'm building a portfolio and I'm acting on behalf of a business, which is very different than just acting on behalf of myself and interacting with friends. I think that it taught me to turn off the Megan voice very quickly. Mm, okay. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with the Megan voice. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. But I think that there's that fine line yeah. that I've noticed a lot of college students that I've worked with mm-hmm. have trouble getting rid of their... Yeah personal identity and it takes a minute. Yeah. And so I was able to get rid of that as a junior in college, which yeah. was huge oh, sure. for me when I was looking for a career. Yeah, that's a great point. And it's something that I think is is a this is a point of distinction where I, I often say that if someone is really quote unquote good at social media personally it's often difficult for them to be good at representing a business on social media because you have to be behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And if someone is a huge introvert and they want to be the star of the show, that's not what being a social media marketer is about. It, I mean, it's not really about what being a marketer is about, honestly, yeah, like, unless you're sure. marketing yourself, which Correct. I think that you have to being a marketer, you have to yeah. be likable and things like that. But at yeah. the same time, 
there's a job to do. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. Defining that line can get difficult for some people. For sure. So you do that while you're a student. And is that your post-college employment at all, or is it strictly internship while you're in school? And so there you go, from there you go where? So I was, that was my internship. Yep. So doing that unpaid, fun, like experience for me, yeah. doing college. So I was getting paid by a company that a lot of people know of, DeBrand Fine Chocolates, nice. here in um, Fort Wayne. And when I was getting ready to graduate, the owner was like, no, 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 you aren't going anywhere. (laughs) And so I was able to step in from a store associate to in the corporate office, which was awesome. Yeah. Like the best opportunity for any college student, honestly. Yeah. A brand that people love Mm -hmm. and it's known. And most people who are interacting with you on social media are probably happy because it's chocolate. Right. Yeah. You would would think that. But you mean, there's always a tough cookie. There's there's always there's always (laughs) some in the crowd. So how long do you do that, and and why do you make a move after DeBrand? Sure. So I was at DeBrand, and I literally learned so much. I was doing public relations, social media, et cetera, et cetera. And then I had another internship in college at Business People Magazine that at the back of my mind, I always was like, maybe magazines is what I want to do. Like, I really was still so unsure and didn't really feel fulfilled at the moment. So... um, I made the switch and I went back to business people as an account executive, which was wild. Mm -hmm. I never envisioned myself doing any type of sales. Like that was not ever what I thought I was going to do. I worked on the editorial side Mm -hmm. as an intern in college. Um, So I did that. And I'm so so what made you think you might want to try that? I think I wanted to push myself to see, Mm -hmm. because when you, think that you're in marketing. There's so many things yeah, really that you can do. it's a big tent, a lot of different things yeah. you can do, yeah. And I, at DeBrand, I really enjoyed the wholesale piece of it. I mm-hmm. got to travel, I got to go do salesy like trade shows, yeah. which was cool. So mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, if we can branch off to that, I really like business people. I think their product is awesome. Like, yep. let me get my feet wet in that. And I'm glad they took a chance on me because I really did enjoy it. Sure. Um, enjoyed the company, enjoyed the aspect, enjoyed what I was doing, but just didn't love sales. Yeah. So that's now I left. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of figuring it out is figuring out what you don't like. Oh, um, absolutely. You know, there was there was one place I worked for, I think it was 10 months, really liked the people. They were super smart. But I was like, this just isn't for me. Mm-hmm. And had, you know, and I had to do it in order to determine that. Sometimes that's what it takes. Absolutely. So then after that, you go to the place where you are now, correct? Mm-hmm. How did you find out about the opportunity and what was the process like of getting your foot in the door? Do you remember this? No, not at all. Should I? <laughs> Maybe. I okay. don't know. All right. So you posted on your LinkedIn. Oh. Yeah, right. Ready? Okay. I know you don't have no idea what I'm talking about. You posted on your LinkedIn, Brett Gogger had liked it, so it showed up on my uh-huh. feed. Okay. And you said something, hiring this contact me if interested. So I messaged you and I was like, Hey, like, yeah. I don't remember any of this. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. So I even sent you a thank you, which is a little offending, but it's fine. (laughs) It was only three years ago. I don't blame you. But, um, so you connected me with Larry. Okay. Yeah. And then I connected with aging and home. Well, look at that. Isn't that weird? Hey, I did something I don't remember. And it was a good thing. Most of the things I don't remember, people are like, do you remember when you did this? And I'm like, no. And then I find out. I saw you panicking a little bit. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It was actually, I was panicking a lot. Um, So tell us what you do for Aging and Mm In-Home and what that organization is all about. 
Okay, so I am the marketing and communications director. So I oversee all day-to-day operations of both internal and external communications mm-hmm. for the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, the organization is an area agency on aging. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people don't know what those are. Yeah, sure. But they are throughout the United States. And essentially what they do is they funnel funding from both the state and the federal governments into um, services for older adults, whether that be something like Meals on Wheels. That's like the one that everyone's like, oh, of course. Yep. Um, yep. Case management, different services like family caregiver program, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So is it a clearinghouse of services that are relevant to seniors and their families? Am I am I in the ballpark there at all? Um, Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being generous. <laughs> it's it's a lot. So I mean, yeah. there's a diff- there's a lot of facets. So we like to say we're a resource for family caregivers, older adults, and people with disabilities. Got it. Okay. So we have that ADRC component, yep. which is essentially a more grown up like call center type thing where you get to talk to an options counselor, like mom and dad, they need to get out of their house or they're having trouble in their home. One is in the nursing home, et cetera, et cetera. And so they have options, but then we have clients who are on our programs for years and that's their case management program. So there's a lot of things and a lot of things moving and it's nine counties. It's not just Fort Wayne. Okay. So you, do you have others on your internal team or is it just you? And if so, what does that team look like? So I have my supervisor. Her name is Mary. She's mm-hmm. our chief development officer. Yep. And then we just hired um, a marketing and administrative coordinator mm-hmm. who started in June. Kay. So we are a very small yep. team. Yep. Um, but that's kind of how I feel like it works with us. Mm-hmm. With us, we we all have our really good strengths. We all yep. have weaknesses, but we all fill in each other's cracks. So it's, yeah. it's good. So so what what do you spend your time on? Like uh, everybody always says, well, there's no such thing as an average day. And that's probably true. But what are some of the, the things that are typical in your work week that are ongoing? And what are some things that are, are larger and take up more of your time? Sure. So Typical work week, I mean, obviously social media. So Olivia runs a lot of our accounts, but I look over everything yep. that she's doing and I help develop her and find her aging and home services mm-hmm. voice. We also do social media for Pace, which is a new program that mm-hmm. we'll talk about, I'm sure. Um, I do all of our grant writing and all of our reporting and all of our project okay. management for that. We do... Um, internal communication. So every week we'll do a big email because half of us are still remote. Yep. So we'll stick, stay up to date with all of the internal communication, all web updates, all YouTube updates, um, e-newsletter, literally like everything that you could think of that a marketer does is what I'm doing in this wheelhouse. Okay. And how big is the staff-ish at Aging and In-Home? I think we just went over 110. Okay. All right. Yeah. So so a big enough organization that there's a lot of communication that needs to happen, but you can get your arms around it somewhat and you can find most mm-hmm. of the people you need because it's sort of that mid-size yeah. organization. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing it's nothing unhandleable. Yeah. Handle. Unhandleable. What is that word that it's I'm a, trying to say? It's a word now. <laughs> it's out there. So, um question for you. So you're you're working under the the development wing of the of the organization did you have any background in that grant writing stuff the that piece of it so what was that like learning because that's pretty big important stuff what was it like learning that on the job um it was interesting so the reason i think that i was able to catch on so fast and the reason i think that they even took a shot with me is because Mm -hmm. i had the background in writing Mm -hmm. both that 
IPFW student media and at business people being their editorial intern, I could write. Yeah. It was just figuring out how to write the story, how to tell the story to the right people. Because it turns out a lot of grant people, yes, they want to hear the story, but they also want to know what the heck you're going to do with their yeah, money. Sure. Like, so it was it was interesting to say the least, but um, exciting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think that in three years we've got it under control, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and if you don't, the granting organizations will certainly tell you that. Yeah. And they haven't yet. So yeah, we're good. 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 So um, uh, you also do some work with Asher and thank you for that. And I understand you've been, one of the things you've been doing, I don't know if it's in partnership with us or in-house or both, is some video development. Tell me a little bit about some of the video content you've been developing and why it's important to you. Yeah. So we've been doing all types of videos, both um, in-house and externally. We... We, I, which has now become we because I've yeah. proved everyone that the things that we do are so much better received both visually and emotionally. Mm-hmm. We are dealing with a population. Everybody, I mean, everybody loves their grandparents. Mm-hmm. Everybody sees that their parents are yeah. aging. It's the emotional tug that you can see through a visual mm-hmm. piece more than a written piece in social media or in website development and things like that. Yeah. That really helps with the story and piecing things together. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, yeah, that's great that you see our flyer that says we do all of these things, but like, what does that mean? Yeah. I mean, half the people that call us don't even know what an advanced directive is. So yeah. I didn't know until I started working sure, there. Sure. Um, and it's important. These yeah. things are really important. Yeah. Well, I know that's something we talked about in the class and something that it pains me to say as a recovering English major, but video has powers that the written word and even text and photos combined don't match right. where you have that emotional appeal. And it, and when you are in the business of really helping people as you are, it's, you know, it's, it's really something you can't replace with anything else. No, not at all. I mean, it's one of those things where I can sit and write all day, yeah. but hearing firsthand from a caregiver or from an older adult throw my stuff out the window. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean and it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, so this may be a non-issue and it'll be one of the many times when I reveal that sometimes I have no idea what I'm talking about, but it may be a non-issue, but do you have a, do you have any confidentiality confidentiality issues, any issues that you have to work around when you are profiling people who are end users of the services? Yes. I mean, we we obviously follow HIPAA protocols and we have our own privacy practice protocols, both in our agency and at PACE. So we just have to be really cognizant. I mean, for PACE participants, it's pretty easy because they get to voice for themselves. Hey, you're more than welcome to use me. That's fine. But some people prefer not to. And that's Mm -hmm. fine, too. Um, I think with a lot of stuff, when we're writing it, it's really simple just to, like, change names, change a couple details. Sure. You're on your way. Um, but with videos and pictures, it, it gets tricky because if you yeah. take an awesome picture and someone who does not want to be in it is in that picture, you're either figuring out yeah. how to Photoshop that thing yeah. or you've got to scratch it. Yeah, for sure. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you have in your work? Some of the stuff that is either really difficult to overcome and you overcome it or stuff that you're still working through? I think that one of the biggest or most difficult parts and pieces of my role is that I'm marketing to a group that is still, half is still very much in the old marketing age. Mm. They are not entered, they have not entered the digital world yet. But I'm also marketing to half to 70% who are. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure that you hit both of these populations. 
and it's hard. Yeah. Because like some of the things I feel like are so redundant. Like we're doing newspaper, we're doing TV, we're doing e-newsletters. Like, do we really need to do all of that? Yes, yeah. we do. Yeah, unfortunately, the audience is so fragmented. What's been said to me, it's not something I came up with, but someone once told me it is the same message over and over again, but through a wide variety of media. That's Absolutely. how you get to today's audience, and I really think that is the secret. As as hard as that makes the job, it's what's necessary if you want to tell a story. Absolutely. And do it with a limited budget on top of that. So Right, because you're a nonprofit, so you're yeah. like, all right, let's let's see what pennies we can put there. But I mean— it's that is one of the most difficult parts of my job is reaching the audience where they want to be reached. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk now about some of the big things you're working on. You've mentioned the PACE program yeah. a couple of times. Tell us what is the PACE program and how does that affect your work life? So PACE is a new program that we Aging and Home Services opened with Parkview. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's PACE stands for Programs of All-Inclusive Care for the Elderly. And this is a national program, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. So this is a program. It started in like 1971 in San Francisco with a bunch of immigrant families that their elders or their um, parents or grandparents were wanted to stay in the home. They didn't want to go mm-hmm. into nursing home because mm-hmm. that was not traditional sure. for them, which is great. Let's lo- let's love it. But how do we fix that? Um and make it affordable too, because mm-hmm. that's it's really expensive to be a caregiver. Yeah, I mean, sure. that's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. But so this program, we opened it um, this year. It's been a program in process, like mm-hmm. everything during COVID. Yeah, sure. But um, it is falling in my wheelhouse because aging and home services, we, with Parkview, we combine social and clinical care. So they're really providing that clinical aspect of this mm-hmm. program while we're providing the social work, the um, admin, those kinds of roles. So I am working very heavily with Katie mm-hmm. on developing marketing materials and websites and communicating what the heck a PACE program yeah. even is because it's a whole new thing. Yeah. So it's not only marketing it, but it's educating the market. Mm. So that's, that is what is with the PACE program. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you, and you were going to have in August an open house and mm-hmm. that went away because of COVID, correct? Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. So we would have loved to have people because, I mean, it's you have to see it yeah, to understand. Sure. You do. Sure. And um, we would have loved to have an open house, and it would have been fun and see everyone, but we have to be smart. Oh, and sure. Especially with the popular, if the whole PACE team goes down, then what happens to the participants? Yeah, that would be, that would be bad. Not good. So where is this? <laughs> it's a facility, and if mm-hmm. so, where is it yes, located? Yes, so the PACE Center is yeah. located in our old office off of Lake Avenue. Okay. So we moved... Aging and in-home services. Yep. I've got to be very clear on this. Aging and in-home services moved to PHP's old office ah, okay. off of Jefferson. Yep. And Pace moved, well, after it was renovated, um, into the, our old lake building. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, cool. It's, right. it's very nice. It's a it's a hidden gym west of downtown. Well, maybe you can do when the pandemic is fully behind us. Who knows where that, when that will be? Maybe you can do an open house. and We will. Yeah. We, right. Of course we will. It'll be, welcome to our redo grand opening opening. Yeah, yeah. We've been <laughs> open. The house has been open for a long time. Now you're invited in. So you have the PACE program. It's taken up, obviously, a decent amount of your time. What are some of the other big things that are either on your plate now or coming up that are keeping you up at night, making you excited? Maybe both of those things. Oh, my goodness. Well, all of the above. So yeah. um, we just received funding for an Alzheimer's disease program initiative. So it's ADPI grant, which is a huge three-year program. Lots of acronyms in your world. 
Yeah. Lots. Okay. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that's okay. Keep up. Come on. <laughs> well, you started with the name and then you went to the acronym, which is very fair. I cannot keep I try. Up. I stopped keeping up in about 1989, so don't expect me to keep up. Uh, do you want to, I had a cheat sheet when I first started because I was like, what are you talking yeah. about? But anyway, so ADPI, um, as you know, Alzheimer's has become a major issue yeah. in this country. Sure. So uh, the Department of Human Health and Human Services out of D.C., they are pouring money into this mm-hmm. um, initiative all around the world. So we're very excited to start that program. It's going to be a it's going to be a long haul because there's lots of reporting. There's lots mm-hmm. of um not only starting the program, but making it work and yeah. getting as effective the numbers and everything. Sure. Um, pace is obviously a very large thing on my docket, but right now it's really, we are on the cusp of baby boomers mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. being over the age of 60. Yeah. And I don't think that people understand that quite yet. Like mm-hmm. we're dealing with the staff issue all yeah. over the world. Yeah. Baby boomers are no longer working in the grocery stores mm-hmm. because they at COVID, they were like, oh, no, I'm, yeah. I'm done yeah. checking out. And so we're dealing with a population that grew, spiked, mm-hmm. and they're all going to need services mm-hmm. in the next five to 10 years. I think it's 20, 2030, all baby boomers will be 65 okay. or 60, okay, which is 10,000 a day Jeez. for the next nine years. Wow. Okay. A lot. All right. And that is, that's job security for the rest of us. If <laughs> if we can find enough people to do the jobs alongside us, yeah. I mean it's it's a it's a lot, and I think that like in the aging aging industry, we hit on grant writing a little bit. The aging funds have not really been reevaluated mm-hmm. in years. Mm-hmm. So back in let's say fifteen years ago, when they were like, yes, like we have X amount of dollars per ten dollars per person, that's awesome. But like now oh, we have like $2 per person Mm. because of how many more people Mm. there are. Those are not the figures, obviously. But um, it's going to be wild over the next couple of years just with how this ebbs and flows. Yeah, for sure. Wow. I had not done that math in my head. Now it kind of scares me. I mean, it it shouldn't scare you, but it should definitely, I mean, people, who's going to care for people? Yeah. Who? Yeah. Yeah. If it's not going to be your daughter or a millennial caregiver, which we're seeing way more frequently than we had in the past, yeah, what are we going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I heard it said on, I think it was a podcast, they said that we used to be a manufacturing economy, then we were a service economy and a knowledge worker economy, and in the future, in the near future, we're going to be a healthcare economy. That's basically going to be what 100%. runs the economy. So, so you, you've made a good choice by working where you do, and you've set yourself up for all kinds of success. It's been fun. It yeah. really has been fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're in a position that I, I find that even us, um, even those of us who are marketers, we still want to make a difference, even if only obliquely through our work. And it sounds like you're in a position where you can do that. So that's good. That was my biggest thing. So when I left business people, I loved what I was doing. Like I loved the magazine and all that stuff. But my biggest thing was I wanted to mix passion with purpose. Mm-hmm. And so that I found it all. I'm, yeah. I'm doing what I love and I'm doing it for an organization that I love and a population that I love. So Well, awesome. So that leads very nicely into 
the speed round of the show. Speed round. Speed round, where we talk about three questions. And here's the thing, everyone. The speed round of the show isn't really the speed round of the show, because it usually takes 15 minutes to ask the speed round questions, and sometimes it takes the guests 15 minutes to answer the questions. So please manage your expectations when we say speed round. But in any case, first question I want to ask you is about career path. We've mm-hmm. talked about how you navigated different challenges and how you ended up where you are. What's your one best piece of advice when it comes to building a career that you're fulfilled in and where you have some success? Try it all. Okay. I don't I, I don't not. <laughs> I do not think you should limit yourself. You everyone goes into college either having a mindset or having no idea what they want to mm-hmm. do. Ride that wave. Mm. I think that having multiple internships was the best thing I ever did for myself. Yeah. I think that working in a sales role, I, I will say this till the day I die, every marketing person needs to be working in a sales role mm. at some point mm. in their career. Um, it just, it helps you understand really the big picture, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, do not, fun, do not tunnel vision yourself. All right. It won't so, help you. So try stuff. Yeah. And- and learn along the way about what works for you, and you might be surprised. Yes. All right. Well, great. Second question. You work for a complex organization that is critically important, but that not a lot of people understand. So I'm sure you do this all the time, but I'm going to put you on the spot. If you had to describe aging and in-home services concisely, if somebody said, what what does your organization actually do? You have 30 seconds or 60 seconds, maybe, even 120 seconds, what might you say? Aging and in-home services is, um, oh, goodness, now I've got pressure. You got the name right. You're off to a great (laughs) start. No, I think we really, we're the premier resource for older adults, people with disabilities, and their caregivers. And I think that if that's the shoe in to what you need, that is all you need to know. Um, I think that one of our most important pieces of the organization is our ADRC. So you can be... 16 or you can be 69 whatever age you are you can call that raging disability resource center with any questions that you have sometimes you don't know what question you have and it's Mm -hmm. okay just to call and say listen this is my situation how do i help yeah but i also think that um there are so many other facets and exciting things that i could tell you but i'm not going to because i only have 10 seconds well well you you did did a good job of of giving people an idea so that they will ask more questions in the future um i do want to want to dive into just one thing the do i have a right adcr ardc close ardc okay i knew i would get no i did it wrong adrc what adrc okay i think we've used all the potential combinations of those letters yes my assumption is that that is staffed with folks who have seen it all, and and if you don't even know what you need, call them, and they can point you in the right direction, correct? 100%. So, it literally, when you think aging, yeah. we are all aging. Yeah. We're the youngest and the oldest we've ever been right now. It's true. This is getting very profound. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, it's literally a resource center to help you along with different stages in your life. and. Okay. I think that you're doing yourself a disfavor by going at it alone. Ask oh, for help. Okay. Wow. Okay. That is truthfully, I had yeah. no idea what this this organization was until I started. Yeah. My parents watching them deal with caregiving for a family member was awful without <laughs> yeah. without knowing what I know now. 
I don't know if we would have been able to do it. So this is a question that might be a tough question, but it's not intended to be a tough question. I think I know the answer, but a lot of times when I think I know the answer, I'm wrong. If you call this service, is it free? Yeah. All right. So no no downside. No. You call them. You're probably going to learn something. You will probably yeah. be well served, and it doesn't cost you anything. 100%. But if you're calling for a service, they're going to ask you a lot of questions. Yeah. And they're going to be personal, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole all, idea. They're just trying to help you. Yeah. All right. So last speed round question. Okay. You have had to make a lot of changes over the past 18 months, as many of us have, but being in a healthcare organization, you've probably had to make more than most of us, including very recently. What's the one thing that you've learned during that time, maybe relevant to marketing, maybe not, that you've learned during the pandemic that you think will stick with you moving forward that's now kind of woven into your DNA that you didn't know before? One thing? Well, you can you can talk about as many as you want. We we've been very time efficient. You can you I can talk name fast. two things. Well, so do I. <laughs> Nobody can understand what we're saying. They're gonna have no. to. Usually, people speed up the podcast so they can listen to it quickly. Slow it They'll down. Slow it down so they can actually hear it. Um, one or two things that you've learned. Um, I think that because my my position, my role is both external and internal. I have two different answers for mm, you. Okay. So they could be the same. I don't know. We'll see how my mouth goes. All right. <laughs> All right. So I think that the biggest thing during the pandemic that I've learned is that transparency means so much more Mm. than coming up with a fluff answer just to get it out. Can you give me an example of how you've experienced that, why you think that's true? So in internal communication, Mm -hmm. we were all so confused as to what is going on. We're still confused as Mm -hmm. to what is going on. It is so much easier to say, we don't know. Yeah. We will tell you by X date. Yeah. And if X date comes around and we still don't know, yeah. we don't know. You're doing awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. Yep. And we move on. Okay. I think that giving an answer to staff is better than not, hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that it makes people happier to know that, like, okay, we all have no idea what we're doing, but the one thing that we do know what we're doing is our jobs. Yeah. And let's keep doing that. Yeah. Who knows if we'll all be in the office yeah. in the next year? Yeah. Who knows if we'll be in the homes every day in the next year? But what we do know is what we're doing. Let's do it. Yeah, for sure. So that's my that's one thing. Um, I don't know. I feel like that could go both ways for yeah. like public. But I think that the other thing that I learned, which could be marketing, could not be, is that people really enjoy like being part of a team in this community. Mm-hmm. And I say that because it is kind of marketing. The grant like piece of my position when COVID hit was insane. Mm-hmm. And the support from this community was insane yeah. that I never, like you thought that it would be like really hard times. And it, um, it was for a lot of yeah, people, sure. but we had partners that we would have never thought that we were going to partner with helping us like loading cars with food. Mm-hmm. And we had the tin cap, like we were in the tin cast parking lot cause they didn't have a season last year. Mm-hmm. So we were able mm-hmm. to be there with six hundreds of cars wow. Wow. <laughs> and their, their staff helped us yeah. in directing traffic, loading, loading food up. Like it was just knowing that you have neighbors to lean on. Not that I didn't know that before, but like, I'm the kind of person that I don't like to ask for help. I'd rather just do it myself, yeah, sure. which is a fault a lot of the times. Yeah. But Fort Wayne, another reason I love it. Mm-hmm. That's why. Yeah. Well, and I think when 
when things are crazy, people want to do something tangible and concrete. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've learned over the years that the best way to feel better is to help someone else feel better. And then it kind of evens out. So maybe that's some of what you're seeing, too. Maybe. I mean, and and it's not necessarily marketing. So, like, I feel bad that I failed at your question, but... You didn't fail me. (laughs) I I failed in asking the question. (laughs) No, you didn't. But I really do think that that is just... If Fort Wayne gets a ribbon, they would get ribbons all the time, but it needs to be like the neighbor ribbon. Yeah. Because yeah. I've never seen so many people step up. Like yeah. random people that like used to live down the street from me when I was a child yeah. would text me, what can I do? Yeah. Do you guys need me to pack meals on wow. those cars? Wow, I'm that's like, great. What? Yeah. Like, yeah. First of all, how do you know that I work there? But thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I think one of the things that I see is a difference in the places I've lived. And please, people of Massachusetts, this is not a criticism of you. You're great, too. But I think one of the differences is that in a community the size of Fort Wayne, there's accountability where it's like, eh, I might need this person to help me tomorrow. So I'm going to help them today. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not always transactional. I think it's under the surface. And a lot of people do it just because they're great and it's the right thing to do. But I think there is a a greater feel of we really depend on each other. When I can, I better help because someday that's going to return to me one way or the other. No, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been great. So if people want to learn more about your organization, where should they go? To our website. Well, you. Well, at that I knew that, but I was just setting you up to give the URL. I'm What's a really website, good Megan? at this, guys. I'm really, really good what at this. What is this website of which you speak? <laughs> if people want to visit your website, what is the app? Should I say the W's or is that a thing of the past? HTTP. <laughs> S- Tim Borty, the late Tim Borty, the founder of Asher, <laughs> when I asked him for a website, would start with HTTP. And it, it was the greatest thing. It was just the best. All right, now yeah. that I'm absolutely mortified, um, <laughs> www.agingihs.org. Agingihs.org. S. I-H-S. In home services. All right, aging dot dash. <laughs> aging dash. No. Agingihs.org. Yes. Wow. Okay. We're going to send it's people fine. all over the internet, but. It might. It might end up there. We'll put it in the show notes. People can link to it. This is this is the. Do we have show notes, Nick? I don't think we do. We can now. For Just a special edition of the Asher Marketing Podcast, replete with show notes to correct all the mistakes we've made. Here's the deal. We did so great. <laughs> I think that the, the last getting the URL out was the longest part of this podcast. Well, the best part is we've lost everyone long ago. Anyway. <laughs> well, Megan, this has been super fun. Thank you for putting up with the tomfoolery that happens on this podcast. It has been great getting to know you a little bit better and knowing more about your organization. And everyone who took the time to listen to this, special thanks to you. <laughs> and we'll be back next week with another great guest. We hope you'll join us then. Thank you.